0: Ever wonder if Atlantis and Lemuria were real places here on Earth? Could human civilization be older than traditional archaeologists say? That's what we're talking about in this episode. There is evidence of civilization that is much older than you think. If you like ancient history with a spiritual twist, this conversation is totally fascinating. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ronnie Ann Ryan, your go-to intuitive coach bringing real talk to the mystical realm on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. Feel like the universe or your spirit guides aren't delivering? Maybe you're confused by esoteric lingo or which healing method to try. Well, you're in the right place because who has time for confusion when you're trying to build a business, find love, heal and recover, or leave your partner or job? I'll turn that mumbo jumbo into clear, actionable steps that fit easily into your life. So buckle up, open that heart chakra, and let's cut through the cosmic fluff together, shall we? Good fortune favors the bold, and those who aren't afraid to call it like they see it right here on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast hi this is Ronnie Ann Ryan your go-to intuitive coach here with the breathe love and magic podcast and today we're speaking with Neil Gore he is the founder of portal to Ascension a conscious event production company created back in 2008 that hosts a wide range of presenters on a variety of topics such as the origins of humanity The existence of extraterrestrial life, exposing hidden truths and exploring the nature of reality. He travels the world facilitating gatherings and filming documentaries that are intended to empower the individual to reclaim their sovereignty and awaken to their full potential. Neil also operates an online platform that creates and facilitates about 110 conferences and workshops a year. He's a busy guy, I'll tell you. At this point, Portal to Ascension has worked with over 1500 researchers, spiritualists, scientists, conscious explorers and more. Neil's a philosopher, historian, researcher and spoken word artist. He presents his research on the ancient wisdom and future science of sound, vibration, and frequency, as well as in-depth explorations of ancient civilizations, archaeological discoveries, space anomalies, shedding light on hidden esoteric wisdom, and exploring ways in which we can create unity and peace on Earth. Holy moly! Welcome, Neil.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Ronnie. So good to be here with you.
0: That's very impressive. And so many of the things that I just love since I was a little girl to read about, learn about ancient history. And that passion has never quieted down whatsoever. How did you ever get started? I mean, just the short version of how you got started running all these conferences. I mean, I'm 110. That's more than two a week.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes we have two on the, the day going oh on. My so it's like, you,
0: you must have a big team
1: <laughs> so it's just been me for the most part i've had one or two people here and there but we've created a turnkey solution where i'm able to produce events in like an hour you know especially oh when i created a custom website where i can do all that so the way it started was i was raised hindu uh, i just did what i was told i just followed the traditions i'd never really had a firm belief born in england moved when i was 12 to california When I turned 18, I started reflecting on what's the root of all religion? Where did it all come from? And the reason for that is because in Hinduism, I was never told that it's the only way. So many other religions say this is the only way. And because I wasn't ever told that, I was already open to a lot of other stories. I celebrated Christmas. I believed in Jesus, talked about Moses. So that created the foundation for my exploration. A lot of stuff happened between that 2000 and 2006. I was just going deep down the rabbit hole and finding out all this information, quantum physics, ancient stories of extraterrestrial beings, and I found a lot of spiritual texts. And those three created the foundation where I created a Facebook group called 2012 Consciousness, Mind evolution and presence—that was the name of the group. And over a couple of years, a lot of people joined. I started creating chapters all around the world, and I changed the name to Portal to Ascension. And then I started creating events. You know, my first event was like a sound healing event. For the first few years, I was just doing sound healings—you know, meditation kind of experiences—and then it evolved from there.
0: Amazing. So, you touch on so many of my favorite things, like the Akashic records. I know you have a conference coming that, up on that, mm-hmm. and then you have. It was the Atlantis
1: conference. We had a two-day conference last June.
0: Is there a way to listen to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. We have all the recordings.
0: Oh, my gosh. Just tell me a little about what happened in the Atlantis conference. Like, Give me some highlights.
1: Something that I love, the fact that I can do, is when I see specific topics that I don't feel explored enough, I have the opportunity to create full-on experiences around that topic. And a lot of times, I kind of am overly ambitious, if you will, and I go... A little more hardcore, so I decided to dedicate two days, twenty-two hours, eleven hours a day to Atlantis to do the biggest deep dive of Atlantis you've ever experienced, right? And we went. And we covered everything. You now we had people who had past life memories in Atlantis. We had a person who channels, who's often on our platform, and he has actually visited his life in Atlantis, and he walked us through day-to-day activities of what they would do. We had archaeological evidence of great civilizations. Oh wow. Because I would say come now into the conventional sphere that there's advanced technology that these ancients had when you look at their structures. When you look at the under the water structures, megalithic stones, precision cuts. Is circle, that the
0: um the road that's
1: um Jimmy road, off. yeah. That's, that's one of the places. There's also a place off the coast of Japan that's megalithic structures there. And you know, even looking at Egypt. So I used to think Egypt was an offshoot of a colony of atlantis and now i'm thinking actually ancient egypt could have been a part of a global civilization it could have been a part of atlantis and we were just there for a month i already knew that there were so many anomalies around egypt and so much advancement but just being there and seeing the things for yourself y- you just know that they had the needed advanced tools to be able to create what they, they created oh, like no question work, going into the king's chamber right it's completely pristine it looks like it was built yesterday Right. And it's just perfectly smooth granite blocks with the acoustics that just resonates the whole entire structure and just not only creating the pyramid, but creating a perfect cavity inside the pyramid in a tunnel to go into this specific area. Either they built it afterwards, which is hardcore to even imagine how they did that, or which it looks like even could be the case. They built the structure around these things right which is even more complex how, could, how would they have done that we can't figure out now some people say that we're able to figure out how we can build pyramids on that level i don't completely agree with that and that's just one place in the world so we in the Atlantis conference we went over quite a few different places and then my presentation was called from atlantis to morocco when we talk about atlantis a lot of people say how Egypt, as I said, was an offshoot colony of Atlantis. And how would people get to Egypt from Atlantis? They would go through North Africa and they would make their way over there. Well, when you look at all great ancient civilizations, you always talk about empires, right? The Roman Empire, Mongolian Empire, and Egypt was one of the most advanced civilizations on the planet. Even conventionally speaking, like even regular mainstream people can't deny their advancements. But why don't we ever hear about an Egyptian empire? How come they never went around the world and conquered like all yeah. these other people, right?
0: Yeah, and, good question.
1: Right, my, my awareness around this is two reasons. One is because this civilization existed way older when we're at a higher state of consciousness where conquering mentality wasn't the norm on the planet. That's happened as we fell, fell from grace, so to speak. And two, they actually did have a civilization across the whole of North Africa. But what's the rest of North Africa? The Sahara Desert. And where's the least excavated place on the planet? The Sahara Desert. Covered in sand. So even when they found the Sphinx, it was like only the, the half the face was popping out of the sand. Right, right, right. So so my presentation was, by being in Morocco a couple of times, I was trying to see evidence for Atlantis, historical stories of the people there. My presentation was basically tracking to see if there's any evidence that the Atlanteans came into North Africa and started in Morocco before they made the way to Egypt.
0: Like that was a gateway to Egypt. That's yeah. what you're thinking. I'm sure you know Graham Hancock. Is that the guy mm. who put together that ancient apocalypse? Yeah. Series on Netflix. He was such a character because his biggest point was 12,800 years ago, there was some giant catastrophe that created the flood that we can relate back to Noah's Ark and how yeah. all around the world they have the flood story. Right but he talked about all these places where there were basalt rods that were these long, and they're all in a big pile up on, some, on the top of some mountain. And the pileup is then on top of very specifically placed side by side of these like logs of basalt. And they're really huge and heavy. So how did they move out? Just like the blocks that were in the pyramids, but they have these massive sites all over the world. And one of my favorite things was from Ancient Aliens. They talked about how in Antarctica, they saw the top of a pyramid because so much ice has started to melt that it sort of poked its head out. And you used to be able to see it on Google Maps, I guess on Google Land or however you can actually Mm -hmm. see areas and they took it off. Why, you know, but they've done core samples also in Antarctica to find out it was tropical.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. There, was a, there was a global pyramid civilization, right? It there wasn't there just.
0: There are it, pyramids yeah. everywhere, everywhere. Right,
1: exactly. And even though, you know, even in India, there are pyramids and these aren't hidden, though they're there. It's just maybe not spoke about enough. And a lot of people don't connect them to other civilizations, right? So when we talk about pyramids, we're talking about Mexico, talking about Egypt, but they're you all over the real place.
0: But they have them mm-hmm. in China. They have them in Europe. There's one in Bosnia they're all over they found them everywhere and now on antarctica too which nobody even thought was inhabitable but at one point it must have been so maybe that has to do with you know the idea that there was a large asteroid that came mm-hmm. into the earth completely changed the climate created a flood melted everything and so you know they might have moved on x-axis i don't know why i'm just so fascinated with that
1: the story the fascination changes the whole narrative of what we've been told and if there's evidence that there was advanced civilizations before us then the arrogance of us feeling that we're the most advanced we've ever been needs to be readdressed. And when we start to readdress that, we can look at what advancements they had. And the, the number one thing for learning about our past is so that we don't repeat the same mistakes oh. and that we, can, <laughs> we can understand what happened there, especially when it comes to Atlantis, right? Where it repeats itself is not just a metaphor. <laughs> it's happening oh, on mystery.
0: Say it again. History
1: repeats itself. History repeating itself is not just a metaphor. We're stuck in a cycle. Yeah. And if we become aware of the cycle, we can transcend it. Yeah. And ancient civilizations like the Mayans, the Aztecs, and so many more spoke about these cycles. And they were trying to tell us about them so that we can avoid being reset once again so that we can avoid catastrophes completely wiping out the planet and us having to start from scratch. The ultimate goal, I feel, of humanity is for us to continue evolving forward into the future rather than having to start all over again so that we can be the advanced beings and go you know explore the cosmos and so much more.
0: To be Star Trek, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and go where no person has gone before.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I guess
0: there's a lot of entrenchment in terms of an unwillingness in the the archaeology world anyway to veer off from the biblical concept of time
1: yeah the linear time Mm -hmm. and that's so that connects to the flood story so let's talk about that for a second because that's something i'm very interested in too and that was my intro so part of the, the eight years that i just went over the first thing was the epic of gilgamesh when i was looking for the root of all religion i found the sumerian scriptures and the seven tablets of creation i so i originally thought that they were the oldest scriptures ever and mainstream says that they are because it was right when written language came about on the planet. So therefore, everything was passed down audibly. And now, like, you know, 12 years later, I'm realizing the Sumerian scriptures being the oldest scriptures, is a misdirection because they don't want you to really know how old Egypt is because the Egypt text is way older. But when I found the Sumerian scriptures, one of the stories was the Epic of Gilgamesh. This hybrid giant... Basically, he travels the planet after a great flood and meets Noah. Yeah, and Pishtim is what they called him in the Sumerian text. And Noah is the last survivor, human survivor, of a great flood that took place, and he's been granted immortality. First of all, this changes the narrative because in the biblical text, in the Old Testament, it says that the earth was wiped out. Noah and his family were the last people with the animals on the planet. But if you really read the text, it says the Nephilim were here before the flood and after the flood.
0: Who's the Nephilim?
1: Nephilim? Those were the hybrid giants on the okay. planet. That were okay. maybe, maybe the sons of God, you know, also in the Bible, which maybe were some ETs or fallen angels sure. with humans, right? The hybrid. And Gilgamesh was a Nephilim giant. So he visited him, and Noah told him about this flood that occurred that wiped out everything, and was trying to teach Gilgamesh how to have a mortality. So when I found this out, I was like, wait a second, how can the Noah be in this text when this comes from a pagan religion? However, supposedly Noah and the Abrahamic religions are based on monotheism. Is there a chance that stories are from older stories that were about multiple gods? And if the Abrahamic text talks about God, why is it that the source texts that they come from are speaking about giants and hybrids and beings from other stars, right? The, the original text basically talks about alien life, but it's just been changed. And instead of star beings or beings mm-hmm. from this planet, it's been changed to actually speak about just say God. God is the, just the general thing. That started my search for other flood stories. And I realized that almost every ancient culture in the world has a As- collective drama that's been now become like this mythological thing, but there was this collective experience on the planet and it came into everybody's text. But when that happened, there was a reset of civilization. Many advanced civilizations completely wiped Wiped out. out. Then we started progressing how? Linearly, once again. And that's where the Bible clocks in, right? It comes (laughs) right at the linear progression. So because they don't see it further back than the flood, they're not able to see the circular nature of time.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It is a little mind-boggling, but it makes total sense that Civilization cannot be 5,700 years old. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Just a quick break so I can tell you some exciting news. Do you wish you had a crystal ball so you'd know the best way to solve a crisis when it comes up or a challenge that you might be facing now? Are you tired of second-guessing yourself at every turn? Now, imagine what your life would be like if you could feel more confident and trust yourself. This is why I'm thrilled about my new program, Awaken Your Sixth Sense. It's time to tap into your own inner wisdom, connect with and rely on your intuition. It's a massive game changer. I've made it so easy for you with seven fun lessons to help you connect with your inner knowing. You'll learn what clear you naturally have, how to ask the right questions, use divination tools, erase self-doubt, and trust yourself. Right now, through the end of January 2024, the entire program is available for just $27. Then the price goes up after that to 88 Check it out today and see if this program feels right to you. Visit intuitiveedge.biz slash awaken. Be one of the first to overcome problems and trust your gut like you never could imagine before. Go to intuitiveedge.biz slash awaken to learn more. I'm going to go back to Atlantis for a moment. If you listen to 22 hours of content, oh my gosh. What was their civilization like? What was the spirituality like at the height when things were still good and there was peace? Do you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So people have spoke about it and I would say just like a a utopians where people were focusing on higher consciousness and connecting and communicating to other beings in the stars. There was also open trade at some point where there was trade between different star beings or civilizations and earth. There were specific crystals that you could utilize in order to communicate to other family members that you already knew that you were a part of this family because they had full remembrance, basically. And you speak about past life regression and, you know, we're in this world of amnesia. We forgot our past lives. Right, right. And they did not have amnesia. They had full remembrance. The Earth's climate was very stable because we were not at a tilt. We're at 23.5 degrees tilt. It was at a straight axis. And there's also some stories of the moon not being around during that time and coming at a later point, which is a whole story on its own. Yeah. We could just do like a three-hour conversation just on the moon because there's so many anomalies around it. So yeah, the higher state of consciousness. And now in regards to how long the civilization lasted, yeah. that's one of the things that I feel is up for more discussion because I've had so many different people tell me different time periods. Yeah. right Now, uh, in regards to how they fell. They fell in three stages and it wasn't a, a huge cataclysm that completely wiped everybody out and they were surprised by it. They were spiritually advanced enough as well to know about the cycles of time and to know that there was going to be a reset at a specific point. So many of them survived. Many of them went to Egypt. Some of them went to inner earth, right? Some of them probably left the planet. So after the third stage, some people decided to stay in the civilization and actually go out with the flood, mm-hmm. right?
0: Well, let me ask you this. You know, this is kind of funny. I have a friend, Carrie, and we yep. explore all kinds of things. And we got invited to this group of women who were very spiritual, and they were talking about all kinds of things. And they started talking about Lemuria. And they seemed to have disdain for people from Atlantis. So my friend Carrie and I, we were yep. like, we're atlanteans we can tell we're not like them we were hysterical laughing over this whole nonsense but we just thought that was really funny i'm like why do you know anything about the competitiveness or why the two groups if they were from an advanced society why are they poo-pooing and you know looking down at each other because they both do that you hear stories of
1: both there's two stories here and they may be overlapping or they may contradict. these uh, for, first of all, I want to mention that we had a speaker at the conference. Called, her name is Sarah Brexman. And she you know, was a student of Dolores Cannon's daughter. And okay. she's QHHT. And she's really picked up the baton from Dolores Cannon's work. And yeah. she has a book uh, called A Hypnosis Guide to Atlantis. And she was one of the speakers. And she hypnotized all these people that were not in the, even in the know about spirituality, consciousness, anything. And took them to Atlantis. And had all these people really yeah. defining the day-to-day activities that were occurring there. Amazing. I haven't read her book. I've only heard her presentations, but that would be a, probably a great resource for what went down, yeah, you know, What yeah. were happening there. Yeah. <laughs> for the Lemurian connection, one of the stories is that Lemuria and Atlantis actually overlapped at a certain period of time. Sure. Um, Lemuria was supposedly a tank under the Pacific Ocean, and then there was a colony of Lemurians that went to Atlantis and settled in Atlantis. Oh, I see. And supposedly, you know, I got to say supposedly because I don't have complete yeah, knowledge. We don't right really now. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The landing site for the Lemurians were the Azores.
0: Okay. So I've definitely yeah. heard that the Azores were part of Atlantis.
1: Yeah. So that Wait. was the colony of the Lemurians there. They say that the Atlanteans had a very masculine energy, right? And in a divine masculine way at first. And then the divine masculine fell and it was the foundation for the wounded masculine, which is pretty much the foundational energy of the paradigm we're currently in. And the um, Lemurians were a very divine feminine energy. They're more creative and uh, nature. Atlanteans they definitely loved nature as well, but they were more about the technology, advanced spacecraft, healing from different sicknesses in with technology, right? And so that in itself created a, just a different way of looking at reality. The, okay. the feminine energy, creative energy, with the structural energy. And so there was some contradictions. Now I'm contrasting. And then as we fell from grace, and the energies became more of a wounded aspect, that's when you get into a reactory phase and you get into judgments, anger, frustration between each other. And the Atlanteans were rapidly falling into a wounded masculine where they were using technology for things that we were meant to really cultivate within ourselves. One of the things that they call it, and this is the same story as Mars, is the external macabre. You may have heard of the term makaba. Basically, we have an internal macabre. And that internal macabre is the technology that is going to allow us in the future to do all types of magical things. People from ancient India called them the CD powers, right? Levitation and manifestations, things like that. As they were falling from grace, a lot of these technologies were no longer online. And so they started creating external technologies to be able to do what they should have been able to once do within themselves.
0: Internal, as it. they did
1: that they began focusing yeah. so much more on the external that it just set the foundation for corruption, competition all that stuff. So you know hopefully I'm giving you a clearer picture here. So just the shift in the climate and the shift in the frequency of the whole civilization ended up creating kind of this energy where they didn't see eye to eye. There's also a story as well that The Lemurians and the Atlanteans were at war at one point within Atlantis. Yeah. So all these different things could have resulted in in that kind of frustration with each other.
0: My girlfriend and I were just cracking up because that's what we just fell back on. We don't have any evidence. We had never talked about it. We just laughed and said, we must be Atlantean. And we just... Because we felt definitely different from them in a way that we cannot put our finger on. We can't point to anything or it was just like an intuitive thing. So what do you want to tell people? Like all of this information, there's some proof, but a lot of it, you know, channeled information has no proof. So how do you want to leave it for people? You know, there might be some curiosity. There may be some naysayers. Yeah. What kind of evidence or how do you want to leave it with people in terms of where you think our view of history is going?
1: There is enough evidence out there. and I have a presentation called Galactic Origins, Dimensions and Black Holes. And it's on my YouTube. It's on youtube.com slash portal's Ascension, And it's three hours of showing everybody how basically dimensions work how black holes work, especially the supermassive black hole in the center of our galaxy, and tracking the position of our solar system as it rotates around our galaxy. With that, I show the different frequencies using peer-reviewed science, NASA, and different things of what's occurring to our planet and our solar system. Basically, it's showing scientifically that there's an ascension process occurring, okay, and that the Earth, you know, this is from physics.org, adheres to some sort of cosmic pattern that lasts 13,000 years, that attracts cataclysmic disasters, right? And if you just break that down, it dares to some sort of cosmic pattern, okay? First of all, now we're talking about some sort of grand design element that we're a part of this pattern that repeats, right, secular nature. 13,000 years, that's the time, that's half of the 26,000-year cycle. That was when the last impact occurred. The Earth is doing a pattern that is pulling in a disaster every 13,000 years, almost like we were set this whole thing up to create this kind of experience, right? You know, that's only a 20-minute slide out of three hours, so there's, like, lots of deep-dive information there, you know, how this connects to ancient history. What we can find with that is that we are definitely going through cycles, and these cycles are affecting the consciousness and the frequency of the planet, also being able to prove that scientifically. And the cycles aren't so much more about advancements in technology, even though there have been some of those, it's an advancement in spiritual awareness and right. connected to the higher frequencies that connects to the dimensional aspect of the presentation. As we're going higher in consciousness, we then have a devolution. And this devolution seems to last 26,000 years. Well, this whole cycle seems to last 26,000 years. As, as I said earlier, almost every ancient civilization speaks about it. There's only one civilization that actually has the dates, and that's in India. India actually has a calendar of the specific dates that occur there. There's been so much more that's happened after that. But if you look at the Atlantis, say, 12,000, 13,000 years ago, and we can barely find concrete evidence of this, but we're finding evidence of ancient structures that comes from some technology that we're not aware of. If we have been going through these cycles every 13 to 26,000 years, how many more resets have we had in the past? How many different people have been on this Earth and had an evolution and a devolution, including Lemuria? And... At one point, could it have been other hominids that weren't even homo sapiens? Because have these cycles been going back beyond the 300,000 years that it's been accepted that homo sapiens have been on this planet? Right. Right. Now, this goes into the question of, well, why is this even occurring? Are we going through a remembrance and a forgetfulness and remembrance and amnesia over and over again? Are we here in order for us to be experiences without knowing who we truly are so that we can remember what we want to be and become in this higher density and dimension? These are the questions that we're exploring with portal to ascension. And I would say now, just through looking at astronomy and the position of our stars, the solar system and all that, we can start to piece together the fact that this is occurring. And if we stop having blinders to the fact that No, we couldn't have been as advanced before. We were primitive back then and start looking at all these structures with advanced technology and even spending money, conventionally government spending money on researching these things to kind of figure out, well, what could they have used to make this stuff? What was this used for? We can really start deciphering what the ancient technology is. Not only that, we can also start looking at what they've been saying about our future. Of these texts, it actually says, like even the Hopi and the Aztecs, they talk about when the next reset is going to happen, right? And what it's going to look like. The Aztecs have descriptions on how we're going to be confronted with the next reset. And they say it's through earthquakes and all this other information on there. So that's, that's kind of just very small amount of, I feel, what we can take from all this. I was also want to add that the eventual goal of, of all this is not judging the falls and the rises in civilization. It seems that us forgetting and even going into the darkness you know, some call it Kali Yuga, but the dark ages are all a part of the plan. So once we transcend the judgment of the experiences that we had and being at a place of darkness in which we forget who we are so much that evil can take foot on the earth and realize that the darkness the shadow elements we need to remember who we truly are, right? That's part of the ascension process. Then we're going to be able to be the stewards of this new earth. And what this new earth looks like Is going to be open contact with the stars again, us rejoining the galactic family, creating technology in order to basically traverse the cosmos, and being at a place of peace and unity on Earth.
0: That's a nice place to leave off, right? Mm -hmm. Peace and unity on Earth. That's a dream for so many people. So thank you, Neil. That was, like, (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: Thanks, honey. appreciate it. (laughs)
0: That was really fun. We'll put all your information in the show notes so people can just look up, but let's just say your
1: website. PortalToAscension.org and youtube.com slash PortalToAscension.
0: Very good. All right, thanks again, Neil. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in this sacred space on your journey to clarity and spiritual growth. If you're at a crossroad, in the middle of a life crisis or challenge, try Intuitive Coaching or book an intuitive or past life reading at intuitiveedge.biz. Enjoyed our time together? Please rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend to spread the magic. Until next time, this is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic.